homage to the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha. Today I wanted to look at a saying of the Buddha that is contained in the Itivuttaka. And this was the sayings that were gathered by Kujutra Upasika. And the one that I wanted to look at today is the one called Vitakka Sutta and it's number 80. This was said by the Lord because there are these three kinds of unwholesome thoughts. What three? A thought concerned with not being despised. A thought concerned with gain, honor and fame. A thought concerned with involvement in the affairs of others. These bhikkhus are the three kinds of unwholesome thoughts. One concerned with not being despised, with gain, honor and esteem, and who delights in companionship is far from the destruction of fetters. But having abandoned sons and herds, family life and possessions, such a bhikkhu can attain enlightenment which is supreme. Now, I wanted to quickly go through the three kinds of unwholesome thoughts, looking at the Pali word. So the first one that is said is the anavanyati patisamyuto vitakko. So it's the thought that is associated with not being despised, not being disrespected is another way of saying vanyati. And another word is also contempt, so not... Um, not being uh, contempted by other people, belittled by other people. So it's quite an interesting one because when you think about what most of our minds, if we really look into our minds, the types of things that we try to avoid, like when we make decisions about things we're going to do, uh, one of the things that we always uh, contemplate, whether we're aware of it or not, is whether someone will despise us or disrespect us and we always try and avoid uh, being disrespected and you know having people belittle us it's always a consideration and from the aspect of what the buddha is saying here it's a very good one to take into contemplation because if our center of gravity is around not wanting to be despised or disrespected then we make certain decisions accordingly and it's very interesting to actually meditate on this and to see how much of our minds is associated with such a thought, particularly given that Buddha is classifying it as an unwholesome thought. So when we're very concerned with not being despised, not being belittled, not being disrespected, then you think that certain mental stains can actually enter the mind. Things like maybe hypocrisy. You know, we don't want to be belittled, so we pretend to be more than what we are and to be a little less authentic, maybe. Or it could be something to do with conceit. You know, there's sometimes these conceit doesn't necessarily always have to be very gross in nature it can be quite insidious quite subtle but it may be coming from a place where we're concerned about not being belittled not being lowered in other people's eyes so that was one of the first things 
that uh, is useful to contemplate. The second one is concerned with gain, honor, and fame. And the Pali for this is Lava Sakara Siloka, Patisanghito Vitako. So it's associated, it's the thoughts that are associated with Lava. So Lava is normally gain, profit, material possessions. And when you think about it that way, how often, particularly in lay life, in lay life, gaining things, making profit is always part of our conditioning, part of getting more, and part of even how we make livelihood. So it's interesting one to actually contemplate as well, like how much of our thinking is associated with gain, making gain, making profit, gaining more material possessions. And, you know, it usually starts as mental stains, abhija visamalopa, and then into things like measuring, measuring how much is enough even, and then it moves into things like stinginess, you know, not wanting to share what we have and everything. And so our actions from those mental stains will decide a lot. And so it's just quite useful just to contemplate, just to look at how much of our thoughts are associated with gain and profit. The second part of that is the sakara. And sakara, it can be honor, could also be hospitality. And the other one is also to be treated with respect. That if you're conditioned and you always have a mind that you want it to be treated with respect, then and to and to get um, hospitality from others and honor from others then it's not necessarily seen as a good thing from the Buddha's perspective that thoughts associated with trying to gain respect gain hospitality gain honor in this sense of sakara it makes us behave in particular ways and our minds can become quite infused with conceit and arrogance because from that place of wanting respect wanting hospitality we might think we're equal to certain noble beings or we think we are better than certain other people that are around us or in our dhamma circles or family members or at work and usually there are reasons behind why we cultivate such a thought of that of, of being deserving of honor and hospitality and respect and one of the things that may be missing from uh, when you have these thoughts is the humility uh, we often get to a stage where we forget what humility is uh, we inhabit particular roles and particular uh, modes of operation when we deal with others and so that creeps into all our relationships that we might have a role at work and we bring that home uh, we might bring that even when we associate with our friends. And so there's something around it that doesn't smell so, so wholesome. And there are thoughts, you know, as, as the Buddha is saying is in, in this respect here, that it's part of unwholesome thought. So it's very good to contemplate, really investigate and look inside ourselves. The last part of it is Siloka, which is fame. But it could also be popularity. You want to be popular amongst your 
friends, work colleagues, uh, within the Dhamma circles, with the teacher, with people you like. And it is also associated with, with praise. This Siloka quality is, is fame, popularity, but also praise when one seeks praise. And so when we do things with the intention for receiving praise, that's also an unwholesome thing. And the thoughts associated with that, what they're saying is unwholesome, it's akusala. And it's good in meditation, or even when you're just sitting quietly, how much of what we do and think is associated with gaining some form of praise. But when we, when we think about setting about to do things, do we think of doing them because we want praise from people? Do we do those things because we want, you know, to be popular with people? And when you think about this world of being electronically connected and you think about social media and the way that that's come about and the like button and being able to comment on people's posts, all these sorts of things it's changing our behaviors and conditioning us in a particular way that is looking for popularity, looking for fame, looking for likes and looking to be praised, particularly in comments, particularly in the public forum. But it's useful to know that there's a whole chapter in the Sangyutta Nikaya. I was looking at this after reading this particular saying of the Buddha and if you go to the Sangyutta Nikaya and I'm sure there are other parts of the Sutta that have this but if you go to the Sangyutta Nikaya and you look at chapter 17 there there is this whole chapter where Buddha is emphasizing in so many different ways there must be about I don't know um, 50 teachings where you know, Buddha is using different things to say that Lava Sakara Siloka, this uh, gain, uh, honor, and fame, that these three things that always combine together, they obstruct spiritual progress. But then he has all these ways of saying that um, they're terrible things. They're terrible things because they catch you like a fish on a hook. They're terrible things because they hit you like a harpoon hits a careless turtle. Uh, or he also says it's a snare you like. It snares you like a long-haired goat in a briar patch. Or it's like a dung beetle proud of their ball of dung. Um, another one is that uh, they're terrible things. They're like a lightning strike or like a poison dart. Uh, one is never at peace if you're proud on account of material possessions, honor and praise. They're like a mangy jackal. Uh, you're never at peace because it's like a bird in a gale. And attachment to Lava Sakara Siloka, Buddha says, is it's going to lead to bad rebirth. And it goes on and on like that, that it really corrupts the mind of people who are practicing, whether it's a monastic or whether it's a lay person. And, and it's something that um, will, will corrupt. And so it's good to be cautious of, is what the Buddha says. And 
it goes on and on like that and and if you remember when we were looking at Chitta the householder and how he was having an issue with one of the bhikkhus it was because this bhikkhu was in, imbued with uh, wanting particularly honor and, and in, in being invited by Chitta the householder and it, it was actually something that the Buddha pointed out if you remember from that particular teaching so if you look at um, that chapter, it also goes on to talk about Devadatta in that, that chapter, chapter 17 of the Sangita Nikaya, that it was due to Labhasakara Siloka that Devadatta provoked a schism in the Sangha. And it all, was also due to Labhasakara Siloka that it cut off uh, Devadatta's wholesome root. So his Kusalamulla was cut off. And so was the nature to be wholesome for Devadatta as well. And all his bright qualities. And it led to Devadatta's downfall. So you can see that this particular second um, unwholesome thought, when you have any thoughts around Lava Sakara Siloka, it's actually quite detrimental to one's practice. can lead you away from the wholesome path of the Buddha, so the Noble Eightfold Path and will lead you to a very unwholesome rebirth. So it's very good to take some time in the meditation just to look at maybe one, if not all of these unwholesome thoughts. But I would think that one by one having a look at them can be very useful. Can be very useful to see what you can't see because if we haven't looked at it before we don't know where our center of gravity is when it comes to thinking. And even how we make decisions and what leads us towards certain decisions and not towards other ones. And if we can start to see that, then we can start to make more wholesome uh, thoughts and then wholesome activity. And when we do something that is mixed, you know, in life, particularly lay life, some of our actions are quite mixed. There is a wholesome part, but there's also a part that may be not so wholesome. But it's good to shine the light on the aspect that may be unwholesome. And although we may still do as we choose to do, at least we do it knowingly until some point in time as we keep contemplating more, we start to see where it can lead us down the wrong track. And then we may change our ways. But initially it's really good to at least examine it, to actually know what Buddha is saying in respect of these different kinds of thoughts, where they're coming from, and to look at this within ourselves to see, is this really true in us? Is it there? Can I see it? Now the final one is called Para Anudayata Padisangyato Vitako. So this is the one where we actually have thoughts which are concerned with the affairs of others. That's the translation in this particular um, sutta. Uh, this was from John Island, I believe. But when you look at the word, it's actually uh, anudayata. actually comes from sympathy or, or compassion, kindness, and also care and consideration. So, and para, when you add it together, means that you have some sort of care and consideration for others, for other people. You have some sort of compassion for other people. 
Now it doesn't necessarily seem like a a bad thing that when you hear it like that, oh, these are thoughts associated with care and consideration with other people. I think when you look at this um, concept of it being an unwholesome thought, I think it's when you go too far with it that one doesn't have equanimity when it comes to the affairs or the the consideration for others, that uh, it's not measured and balanced, that you get too involved, you have too much care and consideration for others and, and what they are doing in their lives. And so maybe when uh, this translation says, concerned with the involvement in the affairs of others, it is actually alluding to that, that you become too involved, you have too much care about what's happening with somebody else. And so uh, what comes to mind when you think of it that way, then Halitikani Sutta, the teaching that the Buddha gave about you know, leaving household life, what that really means. Uh, that was actually a teaching given by Venerable Mahakachana. And in that teaching, he gave uh, this four things. One was intimacy with the village. And that again was about being too involved. That when the good things happen to the village, you're very exuberant about it with them. When things go very bad, you, you actually wallow in sorrow with them. And, and when things are going quite uh, hostile you also get quite agitated and are angry with them as well so that was part of the teaching and then um, it goes on from there but you know when you think about it that way there are many teachings even Chandupama Sutta which is like a moon the Buddha says that even when you're with family that one is like a moon that one is polite and courteous but also not too involved there is this teaching within the Chandupama Sutta you're happy for people's material gains and for the blessings of um, the fruit that ripens in this lifetime for family and friends. But at the same time, there's this level of detachment um, in a wholesome way. And so when it says that you're not too concerned with the affairs of others, those particular suttas really help. Um, but I think the unwholesome thought is that it pervades the mind that when you go to practice the path, all you have in your mind is all the considerations of maybe family members and friends and work colleagues and all the people around you and teachers and, and all sorts of things. And so when you go to make choices and decisions, then it's coming from a place that is very clouded and very weighed down with knowledge and uh, data of other people. And so it's unhelpful towards the path. It can delay you. It can veer you off the path. And it can lead to actions which may be unwholesome as well. And, and that's to be investigated to actually see. And of course the, the last part of the Gatha that is said that having abandoned sons, herds, family life and possessions, such a bhikkhu can attain enlightenment which is supreme. So in our case, in the case of lay practitioners, it doesn't mean that you know, we're not in the vehicle where we have gone into the convention of monasticism. So it's not like we abandon our family, our possessions, all those sorts of things that a, a bhikkhu and a bhikkhuni uh, does. 
that the, their vehicle is that they have even changed their name and put on robes and uh, their refuge is only um, Dhamma, the teachings and the, and the Vinaya, the discipline and they rely on the four requisites but for us as lay practitioners we don't do that but I think what we do do is start to look into our minds to develop some equanimity towards possessions to actually see that these are the things that we cannot take with us that our loved ones we will become separated from them all that is pleasing and beloved will become separated from us so that's our loved ones our possessions material things but as the buddha says the things that we don't lose that we, that cannot be separated from us is this dhamma and the insight into the dhamma that when we contemplate and reflect on the buddha's teachings such as this saying that uh, about these three unwholesome thoughts when we contemplate it and when we develop insight into what the buddha is telling us about these unwholesome thoughts then that is where we it will never be a loss and so we may not physically abandon our loved ones at this stage in lay life and we may not give up all our material possessions that's okay but what we do do is in our mind and in our meditation we start to develop some space around it and start to, to realize and recognize and really acknowledge that these are not the things that we are taking with us we're not able to do so and so it's very useful to not make more dukkha around our possessions around our loved ones it is even for their benefit particularly our loved ones that we don't have very strong bondage that we love them and care for them and have consideration for them but with some space we don't want them to suffer as well that when we eventually pass away that the suffering is minimal as minimal as it can be there is suffering because there is old age sickness and death that is very very true that is you know the teaching of the buddha and we can see it for ourselves but we don't make it worse for our loved ones by having very very attached love and that will create more suffering for them and so i think this is a very useful uh, very short um saying of the buddha that kujutra uh, upasika has gathered for us but it can be quite a very quite a useful contemplation and you could even just meditate on one at a time so you you know in the first instance you could, you could look at this anyavanyati this uh, not wanting to be despised or disrespected and all the thoughts that one cultivates about that and then a, a, another time you meditate and you look at laba sakara siloka maybe even split them up just look at laba one time another time look at sakara another time look at siloka so one time you look at gain you know material possessions profit the next time you look at you know wanting honor wanting to be treated with respect and hospitality the third time you look at you know fame popularity praise and then the third one is this uh, para anudayata so this is like um you know being overly concerned in our minds with um consideration for others care for others you know uh, involvement in in what's happening with them to so meditate on that another time or if you can and you get more familiar you meditate on all three and you look at 
do I do I have these kinds of thoughts and and do I think of these thoughts even before I make certain decisions and take certain actions it's just very good to know to shine the light and to be aware of you know where one is coming from is one coming from unwholesome and I think most of us what we'll find is at times it is mixed and it's good to know it's good to see that good to start having some light around it because only then can we actually start to abandon these things to see the dukkha in actually coming from these places this kind of thinking and then to be joyful when one doesn't do so always to be joyful to actually see when it's not there to see that it's a good thing and this is when we start leaning towards nibbana because in our meditation when we actually see it that way certain lightness comes to the mind a wholesome quality comes to the mind and at that point that is where we're leaning towards nibbana that is where we are associating with the noble ones and at that point it's a very beautiful thing that brings tremendous joy tremendous happiness So I'll finish there and let's share the merit with all sentient beings. May all beings be happy. May all beings be free from suffering. May all beings be well in their minds. Blessings of the Triple Gem. May you all be well. Teruan Saranai.